0: Welcome to The Authentic Wife Show. I'm Beth Rolls, a conscious marriage coach and author of The Authentic Wife, Uncaging Yourself Through Marriage. I help driven moms who love their kids more than they hate their marriage, use the conflict in their relationship to become their most authentic selves so they can create a relationship and life they don't want to escape from. Stop waiting for your husband to evolve and start making every day feel like a vacation. You can find my book, tons of free resources and happily ever after the only marriage saving coaching program on my website, theauthenticwifeandmom.com. Thanks for joining me today. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Authentic Wife Show. I am so happy that you're here. I have a lovely guest today. His name is Aaron Shelley, and he is an author, entrepreneur, and executive. He has a BS in mechanical engineering and an MBA, and he has worked with small businesses and startups where he developed a unique systems perspective on business and family. His work in the academic and business worlds led him to understand how related our families and business dynamics are. He and his wife have run the largest Irish dance school in Utah for over 20 years. He has built multiple companies, consulted across multiple industries, and helped raise 54 million as the COO of a technology company. He lives in Utah with his wife and four children. Please enjoy this conversation about the family flywheel. Awesome. Thank you for being here today. So I read in your bio that you became obsessed with trying to understand why families turn out the way they do, which is what we're going to talk about today. But why did you become obsessed with that? I knew we were seeing a lot of tough stuff around you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I talk about this in the introduction of the book where I'm like, I, I kind of was bouncing. I mean, I've always been really concerned and wanted to make sure I was providing the best for my kids. I think like most parents and I kind of grew up in a middle-class neighborhood, normal middle-class things, you know, and then I had a, about 10 years ago, I had a, a friend of mine. My mom sent me this article and said, this guy who you went to school with, went to the same church, did all these activities with, he just got sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole for rape and attempted murder. Wow. And I was like, wait a sec, we were right next Uh to each other, you know, like, so close, there wasn't like, hey, he was rich, and I was poor, there wasn't all the normal things they talk about. And that just kind of hit me, like, wait, what am I? What is happening? If this happens to one of my children, I as a parent would feel like a failure. So I'm like, how do I understand it? What happened? Is there anything I could do to prevent it? Or is it just, hey, everyone's gonna do what they want to do. So I mean, I have an engineering mind. So I just sit there and obsess over things. And how could that work? And what are the elements? And I also was doing some research with a guy on at the university about business and family. And he was I was doing some interviews, like, why do certain groups? Why is it easier for them to start businesses? And his hypothesis, and I think it bore out was because of the families they come from, mm. right? It's easier to be an entrepreneur if you can take a lot of the things from the family, how you treat people, your your discipline, your culture, those type of things over to a family. So, and then I was also doing consulting at the same time in business for small business. And I was just like, these things all relate. It seems like we could, we could make this cool model. And it seems to make so much sense. And I wrote up this model. It took me about 50 pages and explained it. And the guy I was working with was like, yeah, that sounds like your book, not mine. So <laughs> I wasn't intending to write a book. It was just this obsession of trying to understand how do I be a good parent? What are the mechanisms? What are the things I can do to protect my kids, to help them be successful? So I guess there's a little bit of that fear. There's like, you always want your kids to be the best, but then there's also the side of, oh, wow, what happens if I screw up?
0: Yes. Yeah. I think you said that some of the people you were growing up around, like you saw divorce after divorce too. Mm-hmm. Was the was this man who went to prison? Were his parents divorced?
1: He had well, he was yeah. He had a his parents had been divorced, and he had been in a as as I call it, kind of a blended family. Okay. So his dad wasn't his original dad. You know, you see these type of things, and and I was like, is that the the factor? Because I I kind of always I, I like to be objective, and I'm like, yes, there's some data, but then there's a lot of people who come from certain households, you know that are successful, massively successful, in fact. And so it's not, oh, you were born to a, you know, you do have a single mother or you're in a divorced family or there's always the outliers. So to sit and, you know, statistically speaking, there's some advantages in certain environments, but that's, I, you, I think when people get into that mode, then they sit there and think, if I'm a parent, oh, I left over my kids, why try? You can kind of get into a defeatist attitude and I want to make it more into a, no, but how do I? Fix the problems, how do I deal with those? Not, well, I guess it's just screwed up from here on out.
0: Love that. Yeah. Thinking more about I love the engineering mindset and the obsession with it because I'm like that too. It's like, what is the root cause? (laughs) Let me just fix this where it's broken and quit, you know, treating the symptoms. I love that. I know one of the people you've studied maybe a little bit was Bill Gates. What do you think his parents, and I saw the documentary on him and I was like, oh, that was really smart what they did. What do you think was important that they did with him that helped lead to his success?
1: Well, yeah, he's a very interesting story because I think we often look at, hey, here's Bill Gates and look at what he did. And he was this prodigy. And we kind of try to make the individual the thing that did it. And there's definitely not an individual, but if you look at that story, his dad was a lawyer, his mom was a school teacher, right? She taught, they got married, and then she taught for a little bit. Then she had three children, and then she stopped teaching, focused on her children. Mm. And then when her children got older, she started to do more community service. So she was on the board, I think, at University of Washington. She was on the board of United Way. And so when Bill was doing Microsoft, he went to IBM, and his mom knew the CEO of IBM. And the guy was like, Oh, yeah, that's Bill, that's Mary Gates, son. Right. And so you look at that connection. And I think for a lot of us, we're like, well, how much money in our bank, And we try to measure ourselves by these definitive numbers, but that relationship could have resulted in, you know, his whole career, you know, all the billions of dollars, you may be able to attribute to his mom's investments in the community so Mm -hmm. i think and then not to mention her investments in staying home and taking care of the kids i don't know you know he went to a i think a private school with a specific thing you know that that was their prioritization invest in the kids be home for the kids train the children and so you look at bill gates as the outcome and you're like wow he was such a genius yeah but look at what he had behind him you know his dad was also owned his own law firm so you see this entrepreneurial stuff that his dad probably taught him so you see this like the guy dropped out of Harvard. But he had his dad, who was a successful lawyer, supporting that. So it wasn't like, oh, if I fail, I'm screwed. And he had his mom, who was generating all these connections in the community. So that, to me, is the synergy that you can get in families when you have the dad investing for money, the mom investing for relationships, and also investing in her children. All of a sudden, the resources become so much richer. And I think in a lot of some of your work, you talk about this idea of alchemy, right? Right. And I like that, like things come together and synergize, make something better than they were individually. And that's where I see the resources the way that too, if you invest just in money, like, hey, let's both me and my wife, let's just go to work. And we're just so focused on money. Well, then where's our connected to the connection to the community? Where's our time to train our children? Where's our time for the the fun of being around our parents and, and our families. So that's kind of the thing that I think is this alchemy If you do it right, then the family is just this massive synergy. And that's why I call it the flywheel. It's just this, it reinforces itself and it gets stronger and stronger. And then like, well, now we have a million dollars to do stuff with. Now what can we do? Now we have 10 million. Like if you have what I call a good business model, you keep generating more money and more relationships, right? The more people, good people, you know, the more they introduce you to good people. And you're sitting there like, I don't even have time now. So (laughs) <laughs> it's these, it's those type of things I call it. I refer to it kind of like compound interest, but with relationships, mm-hmm. right? It's you keep making these things and and then over time you have all these people who are trying to pull you in good directions. And they're like, there's all this like that's the flywheel effect. All of a sudden you're like, well, we have more money than we need, more relationships, but we keep getting pulled into more and more things.
0: I remember watching in that that like they would go to some kind of camp or something. And they'd have all these kids together. I don't know if you've read about that. And uh, I don't know, they'd play games or have projects or something, but they were, that was showing them so much about networking and relationships and working as a team. And I mean, that was just brilliant. I love how you said that the dad invested for money and the mom invested for relationships and and relationships with her kids. I don't know what kind of mother she really was, but that was really critical as well. Okay. So... I had to look up what a flywheel is. Can you like briefly describe <laughs> what that is for my For the line? normal people.
1: Yeah, <laughs> sorry. I'm an engineer and it's always like, this is a flywheel. There's also a book, Good to Great, Jim Collins. He talks about the flywheel effect. Okay. So a flywheel is just, it's it gets going as you get it, as you, as you input energy into it, then it starts to go faster and faster and faster. Uh, And it holds energy as well. So you can, you know, you put a lot of energy into it, and then you can pull energy out at times. But if you have a good flywheel effect, then you keep putting energy in and then it's kind of and it has the inertia that keeps pulling. You know what I mean? Like, for me, if someone was like, hey, you want to do drugs? I'm like, I have so so much inertia away from that because of my life. That it's not even a temptation but at different places for different people they don't have that same inertia mm. does that make sense so some of it's the inertia that's pulling you just like if you have money all of a sudden you have to invest it and then you're like now i have more money well oh crap now i have to invest that and you have oh, to yes so of, everybody like,
0: says oh crap <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah most people don't but you know you'll see that with social engagement you have a bunch of friends and you're like i don't have enough time with all these friends and then you get introduced to new people and you're like, well wow, i wish i could spend time with them and you know, it's this like inertia. And you see this a lot in in different environments. I mean, they talk about the PayPal mafia. I don't know if you're familiar with them. You know, Elon Musk and these Peter Thiel, all these really successful guys who did PayPal. And then they've gone on to do SpaceX, Palantir, Netflix, all of these other companies. And they all have these relationships. So if I have a problem, I just call my friends up. If I need some money, I have some friends with money, right? And those, those social connections are so often under valued because it's not a number in your bank account.
0: Right. Right. It's critical. Somebody used to tell me, it's not what you know, it's who you know. And I was like, what does that mean? (laughs) I was 17, but now I fully understand that matters so much who you know and who you can call. I love how you compare a family to a business. I've noticed this too. Like if you have a good business model, then you can be successful and create all that energy and bring those things in. I noticed with my husband that when I was breaking things down about what wasn't working between us, it was, it all came back to like partnership that I feel like my resources are being overutilized and yours are being (laughs) underutilized. And what are we Uh doing? Why aren't we good partners? And I know you talk some about like finding a good partner, but let's say you're already in a marriage with somebody who doesn't seem like a good partner. Is there anything that you found that can like even present this idea to them and then? How does that work? How do we,
1: yeah, yeah, I think the key for a lot of people, especially for myself, included, when I was young in your marriage, especially I mean, I reading through your book a little bit, you're talking about having young children, that is like the most stressed a mother can be, especially just after having a baby, trying to feed the baby, sleepless nights, all of that stuff. Like that's a massive utilization of resources to your point. Mm-hmm. And so it's really looking at it if you were looking at a business and said, hey, you know, you and I are in business, I got this trade show and I'm going to be traveling for the next two weeks. I need you to chip in and do X, Y, Z at the business, you know, take over marketing or whatever, because I'm going to be gone. And in a business, you'd be like, cool. Sure, I have no problems with that. Of course, I'm going to do that because we're both in this as partners together. But for some reason, I think some people have kind of got like, well, the the relationship's got to be 50-50 and you're like if you know if I were to interview for a job and you said or and you were to saying like how much you going to give and I'm like well I'll give 50 percent you'd be like <laughs> we're not hiring you <laughs> right <laughs> I want someone who's going to give hundred percent and so that's where it's like if the goal if you have this shared mission and purpose like what are you trying to achieve mm-hmm. I mean my wife and I my wife we run an Irish dance business for we have for about 20 years so she's the director, we've kind of co-founders in that. I take care of all the marketing stuff, but then there'll be a show and she's like, here's what I need your help with. I need you to cut the music and I need you to do these type of things. Okay, I'm in. Or, hey, we're doing this. I'm going to be gone. Can you do these other pieces? Like, then there's snow because I live in Utah, right? So it's snow. You got to go plow it. So there's this constant balancing of what needs to be done now. And it's not... Because of my wife's stuff, like she's had been teaching classes on a Saturday. Well, normally she would buy groceries. So then I'm like, well, I'll buy groceries. And since you're gone in the evening, now I'll cook meals, you know, whatever we want for the family. But if we get stuck in these strong, like, well, I'm only, I only do this role or I only do these things. You have very little flexibility in your life. And you also don't have the opportunity. Yes. Yes. My wife, she cares a lot more about the food and the health of the family. But when I jump in and help her and she's like, thanks so much. I feel appreciated. She feels like her needs are met. And we both that relationship gets built because we can both say we're both going towards the same goal. So I think as I call it, there's the, the core component of the business model, which is the strategy. What is your career choices? And then what is your mission and purpose? You know, at the end of your life, you want to be a a doctor who spent all your time and have millions of dollars, your children hate you, you're divorced. Like, yeah. what are miserable, like, what are you working so hard for? If not for the family, if not for your wife, you know, that's where I think people get a little caught up is they are they don't have a purpose. And it's not that they couldn't. A lot of times they just, you know, when I was young, it was just like, stay alive, you know, keep getting money, keep getting money. But then as we got a little further, then it's like, hey, okay, what are we trying to accomplish for our family? And if you get united on the why, you know, there's some books that say if you have a why, almost you can endure almost any how. Mm. So, so that's kind of where I think it's, are you both trying to go in the same direction? You know, if if you guys want to go in wildly different directions, you know, if, just like in a business, if I said, I want to start a legal company, and you're like, I want to start a fashion company, we, we probably shouldn't go into business together. Yeah. But most yeah. people are not that divided. It's really just they haven't come up with what's our purpose and prioritization. Mm-hmm. Because most of the conflict comes down to what's the priority here? Like what Are we going to go on a cruise? Are we going to invest in our home? Or are we going to invest in the children? Which one of those is more important to me? Which one's more important to you? And then how do we resolve that?
0: Yeah, so. I think that that's a difficulty is that we can have wildly different <laughs> priorities. Like my husband loves to travel and experience things, and I like that, but but I also like to you know have some stability or have some kind of plan or education for the kids or whatever. How do you recommend? Maybe you don't. How would a couple? <laughs> how would a couple take those competing priorities and find? Do they are they just looking for like the win win the how do we meet yours and mine?
1: Well, yeah, I can. There's so a couple examples. My wife, her father's from Austria. She went to Austria a lot. They have a little house there in the country, and she was like, "I really want my family to go to Austria," and that was really important to her. And for me, as a guy, I'm looking at this like, "Sheesh, what is this? Ten, twenty thousand dollars." food, then there's all these logistics, I got to take time off work, you want to go for how long, you know, yeah. and but she and I talked to it. And I'm like, well, what I value is our kids learning. Right. So if if the kids all have to learn German, so I you have to go to Duolingo, you need to learn German, they also need to learn some games so that they can play with their my father in law, he really likes this game called Tarok, a card game, they all needed to learn that they all needed to earn the money to get there. Right. Those are my values. And some of the money was earned from me, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but those were my values that I wanted done. And then it also got what she wanted done. And it actually ended up, you know, I we I had to be more flexible with my job because we took a full month off. So I was doing more consulting instead of getting a full time. But in the end, we spent the full month with the family together, totally met her needs, but it also met my needs of not having, I didn't want my kids to be like, well, we had this European vacation. You know, we <laughs> we actually laid some concrete. We built a little roof on the house. So that's the type of stuff where I think it's, well, what are your values? You know, like with another example with travel, I went to Mexico, but I'm like, I don't wanna go and have an all-inclusive where they just kind of get spoiled. I'd rather that they kind of experience what like, Mex- like that that type of life and really have a cultural value. So then we set up a cooking experience in the middle of the jungle down in the Cancun area where Mm -hmm. it went to a market. That was a totally Mexican. I I want you to experience culture. That's to me is the important part of travel. And so we did that. We went through the ruins. We had a show that we watched on the history of Mexico. They had some experience with the dolphins. They had some experience with scuba diving. That was one of the things I valued because my value system is do hard things and scary things. Mm -hmm. So all of those things became meaningful to me. So by the end, I was really excited and my wife was really excited about the experience because it wasn't, well, I just want to do this thing, spend money. It was, this is really reinforcing our values as a family. And it's also bringing us together as a family, giving us shared experiences as a family.
0: Oh, I love that. I can, you can find a way to make the thing reinforce your values. I love that. Uh, and knowing what those are first of all is important too i think that's kind of the first step so you talked a little bit before about bill gates's dad investing like for financially and the mom investing for relationships what do you say to like a father who thinks that they should both bring in money who's having you know the struggle seeing the value and in the other role that the mom or the dad could play i guess
1: well yeah i mean that's partially honestly why i wrote the book was to be i i I read a book called rich dad poor dad Mm -hmm. robert kiyosaki i loved it i was like oh this is how money works my family really trained me like save 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 my mom was a her her dad was a farmer so it was all about saving Mm -hmm. and then i was like but Everyone's like, you can't save your rate of success. After I read that book, I was like, oh, I understand how money works. This is so good. Okay, we want to buy assets. And then they bring an in income and then I have cash flow. Then I buy more assets. There's the flywheel effect. I see it. Yeah. And that's where I think most guys look at. Hey, it's finances. It's that's financial security. That's where we, a lot of men feel like it's their job to protect and provide for the family. I certainly did. And so you're like, I want to hold on to as much money as possible. And then you have women who are like, well, we need to invest in our children. We need to invest in their skills. We need to invest in the health of our family. We can't just buy crappy food. And so you're essentially you have, for a lot of men, I think you're just focused on this little thing of money and you haven't expanded it out to, okay, you want to have a lot of money. If you're sick and your kids are sick and you have a lot of money, that's not wealth. Right, right. So you have to expand it, and I found this out with my own stuff. I started to be some, you know, do very aggressive things in investing. Two thousand seven hit with real estate. Mm. I took a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar hit, you know, because the market got hit, and I was like, wait a sec. I was trying to maximize for money, but my peace of mind and my my mental health just took a massive shot. Yes, right. Yeah. I'm like, well, I suck at providing. I suck at protecting, mm. and so. Luckily I had the the social connections my parents came and talked to me and worked through some of that my wife was stu- you know stuck with us st- stuck with me through that mm. and then my wife was like hey we'll just get through this and then I was like okay we're not going to just focus on money we're now going to focus expanded on our mental our health and our time and these other things and so in the course of 6 or 7 years we've got ourselves out of all that debt we've got ourselves out of the house debt and we we're like this feels so much better so instead of just having men focus in on just the finances, they need to focus on the social mm-hmm. and what the wife is doing. And, and that's also what I've seen. Men will come home from work. Well, I did all this money. I brought the money. What did you do? What the, f- <laughs> in some cases, really? <laughs> <there's>, you're like, <laughs> yeah. well, there was a lot. In some cases, they're like, I didn't do much. You know, I, I I've seen in some of the divorce cases, my good friend, when his mom and dad got divorced, She wasn't really cleaning much. She wasn't cooking much. The house was a disaster. I mean, I was a young kid and, you know, cleaning the dishes at my friend's house. It was a kind of a weird thing, Mm. right? (laughs) And so, and she was watching shows. So there's a point where I've seen women who actually don't do that. But I think the vast majority of women, you have a child who's training that, who's socializing that child. If you look at, when I see a, a kid who's well socialized, has good manners, all that stuff, I know personally, it doesn't come easy. But in most cases, I'm like that was the mom. She cares about socializing. She takes them to play dates. She interacts with the kids. She trains them. She teaches them. That's what I want for my kids. And so I think if you expand the vision for men a lot, and for women, because I think women have only have often focused on that finances too. Like, well, I am not investing for that. I need that status. I need the money. I need the raise. Yeah. But if you expand it, you're like, wait a minute, my wife is doing massive investing. To to my. I mean, I, I, if you look at Bill Gates, I, it, from what I can tell, I think his mom probably did more in terms of his ultimate success than his dad, mm. right? So you look at these things and it's like, are you holistically looking at the family? Do you understand how it works? And I actually am of the opinion, if you look at it holistically, I think you'll actually be wealthier overall, right? Mm. Because if you do those roles, oh, now suddenly if the wife's connecting, oh, by the way, I found this. I've had friends in construction. Oh, I, this, this, this woman I was talking about her husband does real estate. Oh, her husband does this type of thing. Oh, here's an opportunity. When you get the synergies between a husband and wife and the social connecting and a lot of the logistics and then the financial man, those families, that's why I call it a flywheel. They sit there and all of a sudden they're kicking off like, well, we are so much more rich. We have a rich life. We have great connections. This is so much better than just, well, you have a lot of money.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like you're saying, you know, some people could make a business and think purely about profits, and that could be the only reason they're doing it. But if we can expand and think about, you know, if it is a business model, comparing it to that, what is the outcome that we want? It can't just be profits because we're going to (laughs) die. It's not not have really lived, right?
1: Well, yeah, it's a perfect point. I, I mean, I've worked with some some venture capital and private equity companies. I've never, with rare exception, most of them actually are very generous. I've We had one company, they gave us, we got $11 million, it didn't work out. It was in the genealogy space. And they were just like, go make an impact, get people to use it, add value. Do not worry about the monetization. Figure out something that's useful to society, right? if you focus on being useful, there's usually a way of, Hey, we were useful. Like you can do ads. There's all sorts of different business models, but if you can't actually get to something that people use and they feel like is useful, why do we, why does it care? Why do we care? So Mm -hmm. I really feel like it's in my family, one of our values is contribution because I'm like, you need, if you focus on contribution, then even, I mean, I've been, there's a one person who owes me $30,000 still, I'll never get it back. And I don't feel bad about that. I'm like, I would rather be the one who's over contributing than the one who's nickel and diming everyone and so worried about, you know, just did I get mine. And so I think if we focus on the contribution to the family, and the contribution to society and our businesses, then what you find is massive success. You know, mm-hmm. like, a lot of these companies, if you look at sure they make money and everyone's like they're heartless they give us jobs they give us great products you know you look at we're on zoom right now why did they do this they wanted to make money yeah but they wanted to help us connect and now all of a sudden we have this ability to connect completely different places so i think often we think like businesses are so heartless but then in so many ways they're trying to help us help us reach our goals help us accomplish things i mean so the same like with your book, why did you write it? Well, I was trying to contribute, <laughs> right? Yeah.
0: Trying to help, trying to help. One of the things you mentioned earlier was like when, in your actual business, you know, if she's going to be gone or has a dance or something like you just take over and do the things. So what would you say to somebody who has somebody in their family who doesn't just take over who feels very like this is my role this is it this is all I'm gonna do what would you do what would be the approach in a business well because you can't just fire him you didn't hire him <laughs> what do we do then
1: <laughs> well yeah I think if it's a spouse that you can't actually fire your spouse you know that's what divorce is you're like hey looks like we're not going on the same path and we don't want to go the same place but yeah in the case where you have people who they don't want to contribute they don't want to jump in To me, it's like, well, why is that? Mm. What, you know, have there's sometimes like, well, I wouldn't say necessarily. I always, I don't know how you are, but my wife notices different things than I do. So when I jump in and I make a meal, she may be like, well, that's okay. Like you got some pizza, Uh, (laughs) you know, where's the vegetables, where's the actual health. So it's not always the best, but then my wife will come back and say like, well, she'll communicate with me and just, Hey, could you do this and make this? And I'm really concerned about this and most of the time when my wife makes a request of me i'm like well pff, screw you i don't even care it's like of course i want to do what you think what what that works what you want and so if there's someone who's super I'm like i won't do that i i've seen that in business as well you know like i was hired for this i'm not going to do anything i'm not going to do that mm-hmm. every job every promotion i got although this a lot of the success was a function of me Going, how could I do this better? How could I do this? What could I? I mean, I had a job this last place. I started as a development manager, and then I was a product manager. Then I moved over to the VP of marketing and then I was a COO This is not a linear career path where it's like little by little jumps. It was, I could make a bigger impact over there. I could make a bigger impact there. So I think it's much more of for those people, like what are you trying to achieve in your family? If you're, you know, oh. The, my wife when you know when she was nursing and having those things I'm like I could take care of the laundry she's like I'm overwhelmed I mean I've seen that a lot where she's just like I hit like the, <laughs> I hit my breaking point I'm overwhelmed and I'm like cool I've got it what do you need let me take over and it actually builds in the richness of your relationship so I don't know getting into that idea like this is the only thing I do. And if I if I were to change a diaper, then it means I'm not masculine. Or if I were to make a meal, all of those things to me are like, what? <laughs> why would you restrict your relationship and put those arbitrary bounds around it? But you, you may have to learn a little bit. I mean, diaper changing was not my favorite. Waking up with kids was not my favorite. But they all kind of have this richness in retrospect that I wouldn't have Had I been like, this is my role. I don't know. I probably would have got divorced too, because my wife would be like, you suck.
0: (laughs) (laughs) right? Yes, (laughs) that's an option. Yeah, one of the things that I've had to learn is to kind of accept his strengths and challenges, you know, and to know that there are some things I wouldn't want to do that I might ask him to do. And that's okay that he doesn't necessarily want to learn that. But then we have to outsource it. So now we have to take some of our resources and put it into this because I'm only one person and there's only so much I could do. And for mm-hmm. us, we had to come to an agreement where it was actually what you said about Bill Gates, like, okay, you're going to be responsible for income. Even though I'm still doing a thing, doing a business, you're going to be the one responsible for it. And I will do all these other things to the best of my ability and, and that. So just kind of have to work with it sometimes, right? What mm-hmm. can people learn from your book? It's called The Family Flywheel, Right. And then yep. go to the familyflywheel.com and they see you have lots of resources, which <laughs> is just wonderful. Will this help them kind of create a model for their family?
1: Yeah. This my. If you look at a business model, there is no correct business model. Do you know what I mean? Walmart, their business model, their strategy, structure, and culture is completely different than Google's, which is different than Apple's, which is, and that's the same thing that I think is difficult a little bit with the the family flywheel is not I can't just be like here's the right way you know like some people will be like just get married you know the wife does this the husband okay that's a model mm-hmm. and then oh the husband died the wife died something happened someone got sick okay throw your model out the window because it doesn't work but so the family flywheel is like what is your business model and it's trying to say like what is your strategy and we're all going to go through what is your structure and what is your culture what are your cultural values beliefs norms structurally, who's going to do what, what are the roles, what type of family, you know, some people have an extended family, they live with their parents. Some people live with their children for extended amount of time. Some people live in multifamilies. Those are all options, but you have to make sure they fit with your strategy, structure and culture. So my purpose is really, if you're aware of these three different elements of the business model, then you can kind of go say, well, what do I want? Yeah. Do I want to get married and I'm single right now? What roles do I want? Those type of things. And there's also an interesting case. I don't know how old your children are. Mine are, my youngest is 16. I've got four and my oldest is 22. I'm going to go through a transition. All of a sudden, all the jobs that needed to go with the kids, those are disappearing, right? Now there's a different set of jobs. So we kind of transition through business models. You know, and then I re- then at some point, I mean, I'm in a spot where am I retired you know, well, that's a different thing. Now we need to do different. I'm going to have more time to do certain things. So as you go through life, you can't, you're not even sticking with one business model. Mm-hmm. And, and so if you see like, you know, hey, we're a young couple, we're going to have a kid. And if we think we're going to continue to live the same way after we have a kid, we are wrong. The roles, <laughs> the jobs, the amount of time, the people we can hang out with, the hours, everything changes. And so if you look at that business model, then you go, Oh, here's how it's going to need to change. Oh, now, I mean, I think it's an interesting one. Like when you get married, before I was married, I had my single friends. She had her single friends. We would go home. Well, once we got married, we come home to each other. And then to my wife's like, Hey, I want to talk. Like I did with all my girlfriends. And I'm like, oh, "I we, I didn't talk with my guy. Like, I don't have them any words. Like, <laughs> and so there was this stress. So then we needed to invest in friends and invest in social connections and then we did that and then we had great friends and then she could go places with her married friends and I could go places but it's kind of this like investing phase where you go we're gonna go through this new phase of life we need to be prepared for the investment differences and how the business model needs to change we can't just be like I'm gonna work all the time and you're gonna take care of the home okay really what about if we have five kids or four kids and they have to go different directions are you Mm -hmm. taking them am I taking them Right. So it's really this it's it's really the tools to build a business model to help think through it, because most of the friction you would see you see in a family is really based on business model mismatches. Mm -hmm. You're 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 Google and you're trying to use Walmart's culture. It's not going to work. Right. And then if you so in some cases, your business model may work well, but then if your husband's business model and yours don't overlay, well, now you have to get rid of that friction and it's, some of it may be his beliefs some of it may be your beliefs right so that's the type of stuff it's more a set of tools to understand how to build the business model because we're all going to trans go through different ones as well as there is no right one right if if all of a sudden your podcast took off and you're making tens of millions of dollars you know and your husband's like hey I'm working and making a 100,000 dollars you're like why <laughs> like let's tweak things well, you know would-
0: he would, he would already be on a golf course somewhere He'd be, be thrilled with that.
1: Yeah, so but the, but awesome. that's the thing is you wouldn't say like, once he has so many, you had so many resources, it wouldn't make sense for the family for him to continue what he's doing. Right. Right. So, you know, success leads to more problems in some ways. And there is no definitive, here's the values you should have. I talk about that in the strategy. Like if you're a white collar, you want to be a doctor. You have to have delayed gratification as one of your cultural beliefs. You also have to have like doing hard things. And if you are like, oh, I want to get married when I'm super young and you want to be a doctor. Oof. Like yeah. unless she's going to invest and she wants to go with that. It's going to be rough to have this married structure trying to become a doctor with if without delay, you know, if you don't have delayed gratification, you're going to jump off and be screwed with debt. So there's these things of like. You're looking at your cultural values. You're looking at the occupation choices, some of your mission choices and structure and going, do these, can I make these make sense? And if they, and then, then can I make them make sense with another person? But the beauty is once you get those things aligned, you life becomes so much more rich financially, socially, you know, with your health, with your abilities. So that's really what I, that's what I love about the flywheel. It just reinforces and gets stronger.
0: I'm very excited for it. It's going to help so many people. I think that the point about your mission and kind of your vision is that thing that maybe does stay a little bit more constant that you're always working toward. This is the kind of life we want to live no matter what we need to do to achieve it. And good point too, about what kind of values you need to have. I was just reading about three women who have done really well, Oprah, dolly parton and betty white and how they all knew that nor to be who they wanted to be they couldn't have children Mm -hmm. and that was the choice they had to make and probably was a hard one but i'm sure that's why we know their names because they chose to dedicate all that time to you know sharing their gift instead of being a mother which can take so much for so long so very important
1: well yeah and i see it on the same with men right i look at elon musk i'm an engineer so elon musk is I don't know, the sexiest, you know, he's doing, I did mechanical engineering, which is aerospace type stuff. And I'm just like, SpaceX, Tesla, it's amazing. I love so much. And he was able to take about $22 million and turn it into 200 billion, like amazing financially. But I look at his family life and I'm like, you know, he has 10 kids, I think with four different women, he spends so much time at work. Like, I can appreciate the choices and the trade-offs he's made. And I loved what he's doing for humanity I love what he's doing for science all these things but that's definitely not how I feel my purpose is Mm, (laughs) right yeah so so that's where your point to like you choose a business model and make sure it's connected with your vision and purpose because I think if I was doing the same thing as Elon Musk and like sacrificing everything but I felt like my purpose was as a parent and and as a dad then I would even being successful in that arena I would still feel empty in terms of my purpose and vision
0: I think that's a a really good point, too, because I think that sometimes we get in a position where we maybe realize that what we thought was what we wanted is not working for us anymore. And like, that's the thing that because I know my husband's doing well in his career, but he will come back to, oh, I can't spend as much time as I want to with the kids right now. And like, that's his real frustration. It's not the money. It's that he really wanted to be a big part of their lives and it's getting in the way now. And uh, yeah, then we need to reevaluate that business model.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. And that's where it comes down to looking at that, like, well, you want him in, in the kid's life and he wants that. And I found, I, I had some opportunities to take my kids to work with me Had a 13 year old daughter I took to work. And then I had all this time commuting with her, you know, because I had some flexibility with my consulting stuff. I was able to spend two months working through calculus with my ninth grade son because I was trying to push him. Right. It was I was able to make these investments, but it had if I look at some of the things I did, I'm like, that was a ten thousand, twenty thousand dollar decision. If I had the money, if I was doing it. Right. But I would I undo that? No. Mm. So so it's this whole I think it's it's great. Like you're saying you know, at what point is enough money, enough money, because your kids are only going to be young once, you know, and I'm seeing my kids leaving. I have two of them that are out of the house now. And I'm like, Oh, mm. just there's a life that's kind of left the house a little bit. sadly. <laughs> the learning the energy. Uh. And then there's also this like, Oh, I want to keep connected to these other my other my last two and make sure we have these good experiences. So mm. I mean, there's so many things. That's where I've personally like we did a lot of Family trips and vacations. I mean, I live in Utah, so we have the national parks here, arches. They're just gorgeous. But I'm like, we're going to go hike. We're going to go experience these. And it was those memories you just can't get back. You know, there's no amount of money that could replace those.
0: Ah, uh, it's an opportunity cost there. Well, I love everything. You seem like such a Hmm. Just dedicated, striving person. And I love that you've put this work into it and that you've written this book because what a wonderful contribution you're giving to the world. I hope that everybody reads it. I can't wait to learn more. And I know you've got lots of resources on your website as well. So thefamilyflywheel.com. Is there anywhere else that people can find you or should look for you?
1: You can find like Facebook. I have some stuff. I haven't done a lot there, but Erin K. Shelley, we're on LinkedIn. Also Aaron K. Shelley there. So those are the main places to find me.
0: Thank you for being here. I really appreciate it.
1: All right. Thanks, Beth. Mm -hmm.